Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Showcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Good evening, wherever you are in the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents What a Word from the Lord radio show. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler. And this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina studio in the great state of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege to be able to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508, or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website and listen to the show live there. There are over 1,800 shows that are live on that website at this hour, and you will consistently find this broadcast on pages 1 through 4, of that website. Now think about that, ladies and gentlemen. There are 20 shows per page, 1,800 shows that are live, and you will consistently find this radio show on pages one through four of that website. On tonight's broadcast, we are on page two of the website. I just looked at it. All right. If you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts, uh, my special guest on this broadcast, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com, or you can call Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ, and if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and stand along with us here on What a Word from the Lord radio show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we're prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you will be with my special guest speaker, Devon Charlie, and my co-host, Lou Gibbert, as they break unto our listeners the bread of life. We pray that you will continue to bless their families and that support their efforts, that they may continue to sow the seed of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you would bless our listeners who are tuning in via Blog Talk Radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, that they may consider their eternal stance before you, and that their hearts may be pricked, and it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We're just so grateful for his precious sacrifice on Calvary's cross. We recognize that without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us and love us all the days of our lives. And if we have been faithful until death, Father, we pray that you will save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. 
In the first segment of the broadcast, my special guest speaker is Devon Charlie. He serves as the evangelist for the Northside Church of Christ there in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And I will not have a guest in my community corner segment on the broadcast this evening. So my co-host, Lou Gilbert, he serves with as the evangelist for the Overbook Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He'll be making this proclamation of the gospel of Christ to close out the show. So open up your Bibles and open your minds and let's have a great show. After the break, the next voice you hear will be that of my special guest speaker, Devon Charlie. Enjoy the show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show.
to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my special guest speaker, Devon Charlie from the Northside Church of Christ. Good evening. Good evening, brothers and sisters across the great brotherhood uh, who are joining us here on CVB's What a Word from the Lord. I'm elated and excited to have an opportunity to share uh, in this great opportunity to be a part of this great broadcast. And I want to just give a special thank you to Stevie B for presenting me with this opportunity. And I pray that I may do due diligence to the preaching of the word so that we can be encouraged and edified and lifted up as Jesus had set out to do when he saved us from our sin problem. We are grateful. We ought to be grateful for what God has done for us. As we prepare ourselves to go into the word, let's bow our heads in prayer at this time. Merciful, gracious, everlasting, ever-loving Father, you are God. You are God of heaven. You are God of earth. And we thank you for being the God that you are. We are grateful, Heavenly Father, to come to a preaching moment in the middle of the week, being edified, uplifted, and encouraged because of your great grace, your great mercy, your great love, your great compassion, your great power, your great omnipotence, 
your great omnipresence, and your great omniscience. We pray, Lord, that we may never take any of these things for granted. We are grateful for uh, all of those that would join us on this great broadcast. Pray that our minds and our hearts may be open and ready to receive the word that you put on your manservant's heart this evening. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for all that you are. Thank you for all that Stevie B does on this great show through gospel singing, through gospel preaching, and through edification and encouragement of the saints coming together from across the world to share the gospel with one another so that we can share the gospel with the world. We thank you, we praise you, and we glorify your holy name. It's because of this and all things that we pray. Let us together say amen and amen. Once again, my name is Minister Jonathan Charlie from the Northside Church of Christ in the great Queen City, the beautiful Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina. I am grateful to be here uh, and enjoying the different scenery from what I'm used to. Uh, and I'm used to uh, the big city of Boston. I'm, I'm used to, for the last several years, uh, the great city of upstate New York, not the inner city, not down there in Brooklyn and Harlem, but the upstate New York area, Rochester and Buffalo and Syracuse and, and those areas. What a, what a great path the Lord had set me on to come across some great people. And now that we are here, my family and I, in this beautiful city of Charlotte, North Carolina, we are grateful to be able to be in touch with brothers like Brother Stevie Butler across this great state of North Carolina. Grateful, grateful, grateful for this opportunity. I want to share a word with you this evening uh, from Acts chapter 16. It is not a passage that we are unfamiliar with, but I want to share some things that will help encourage us and get us to see things from a uh, from a, a, a perspective that God would want us to understand in our lives. We're going to come from the subject, the power of imprisonment. Somebody on this call, somebody wherever you are, may have had, have had an, a, a time in your life where you felt imprisoned. You may feel now that you are imprisoned. Or that time may be a coming when you feel prison. I, I thought at the beginning of the show that it was a great start when one of my favorite songs was sung, I Really Love the Lord, but I love uh, the rendition that starts with, you are my protector, and you are my provider, and my deliverer. There's no other help I know. And it, it, it speaks to what we're going to be talking about this, this evening. So I want to just share a word with you for a moment, and I pray that your mind and your heart is open and ready to receive the word. A converted prisoner once asked the question, what does imprisonment feel like? And this prisoner's answer was imprisonment and behavior of a person and can cause severe levels of depression, but also 
the psychological impact that imprisonment has on each prisoner varies with time, with situation, and even with place. Many people feel trapped by aspects of their lives, trapped in an unhappy relationship, trapped at an unfulfilling job, trapped by expectations that over time did not come to fruition, so it makes a person generally feel unhappy with uh, with their life despite their basic needs being met. When person is unhappy, oftentimes that misery can extend to someone else undeserving of the misery. We've all heard the phrase, misery likes company. Well, in our text here, in Acts chapter 16, we, we're going to look specifically uh, at 19 through 24, but there's more to, or 25, excuse me, but there's more to this text than just those verses when you look at the context of it all, and we'll look at those things through the lesson. But in Acts chapter 19, you see four or three different sets of individuals. You see slave owners, you see the slave girl, the servant girl, and then you see Paul and Silas. They are the main characters of this story that we're going to be looking at for just a moment, but there's a reason why we're looking these segments of people individually when we look at the power of imprisonment. You see, all of these individuals in some way, form, or fashion are imprisoned within themselves or within their environment. So in Acts chapter 16, verse number 19, the Bible says this, King James Version, and when her masters saw that the hope of their gains were gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrate, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city, are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, because we are Romans. Verse 22, and the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent their clothes and commanded to beat them. Verse 23, and when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who have, having received such a charge, thrust them. He didn't just tell them, open up the door and tell them to walk in. Having been given the charge, he treated them like they were true prisoners physically and thrust them into the prison, the, not just the prison, but the inner cell, the dungeon, if you will, and made their feet fast in the stock. In other words, tied them in chains and, 
and made them to, to be as if they could go anywhere once that door was closed. Watch out, somebody. But in verse number 25, it goes on to say, and at midnight, we know this verse, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. I want us to look for just a few moments here at the imprisonment of the slave owners, the power of the imprisonment of the slave girl, and then we're going to look lastly at the power of imprisonment in Paul and Silas's life. You see, there are levels of depression that come with being feeling, I shall say, imprisoned. And as has been said in the illustration, it can have a psychological impact on you. And each one of these prisoners, their time, their situation, and their places were different. You see, when you uh, are in, when you feel imprisoned, something is controlling you. And when you are imprisoned in your own life and in your own mind, when you think about somebody that has been imprisoned in that prison, they are limited to the space that they are in. They are limited in, in, in where they can go. They are locked up behind bars. They are limited in what they can eat. They are limited in what they can wear. They are limited uh, in, in what they can even think for that matter because at that moment they don't have much else to think about because they're enclosed in walls uh, that are dry and plain and they don't have much in those cells but a bed and a toilet seat, maybe a bench for them to sit on. They are limited in their space and in their opportunity, and they have nothing else but to sit there and to just think about all kinds of stuff, whatever runs on their mind. And so we have these individuals that are in some way, form, or fashion imprisoned. So let me, let me encourage us with this. First of all, the, the slave owners are imprisoned, controlled by money. Money has power over them. If they weren't making money, life was for naught. They would use people like they did this servant girl. They would, they would practice an abuse, an, an abuse of power and call for individuals to be abused like they did Paul and Silas. They were imprisoned. They, they, there was a power of imprisonment over them because they were controlled by money. Then there was this servant girl who were controlled, who was controlled by them. She was imprisoned in her mental capacities, controlled by these slave owners, and she, because of what she was doing, uh, was, uh, she was 
fortune telling. She had a spirit of divination. She was to make money. There are versions of the word of God that say she was fortune telling. And I want to play on those words for a moment because she was fortune telling, telling whatever it is she was telling about folk, and it was making them a fortune while she was fortune telling. But when Paul and Silas came along, she started to speak words, mocking Paul and Silas, saying these men are men of the most high God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Now, while that sounded good, she didn't mean any good. She was in the spirit of divination. She was doing what she was controlled by when what these these slave owners uh, uh, gave her this this spirit, and so Paul and Silas got frustrated because she continued to do this many days. She was imprisoned in her mental capacity. She was controlled by these slave owners. She was making money for them. But when Paul and Silas got a hold of her because they had what? The power of God. And when they got a hold of her, the Bible says she did this many days. And Paul was grieved and turned and said not to her, but the that was within her. Go miss your blessing. They had the power of God. And Paul spoke to the spirit that was within her that was speaking these words of mockery out of her mouth. And he said, I command thee in the name of who? Jesus Christ, who has control over all of our lives if you are in the spirit of God. Amen, somebody. He said, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. Now, with Paul and with Paul calling this evil spirit out of this girl, it was going to cause these slave owners a problem, which is how you know they were controlled by money and they were controlling her to make money. They were imprisoned in their minds and in their lives, controlled by money. She was imprisoned by them, the power of imprisonment. When you are controlled by something, that's not what God is con uh, controls you with. That's a problem. I often say when you look at Romans, Romans chapter 8 in particular, when it talks about the two different spirits, there is the capital S spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, and then there is the lowercase spirit, which is our spirit, well, Paul and Silas were controlled by the Holy Spirit. These slave owners were controlled by their own uh, uh, greedy spirit, if you will. This girl was controlled by the spirit of divination, by the, the, the fortune telling that she did for the sake of these uh, slave owners. The reality behind it is, is the power of imprisonment over their lives was something different than what Paul and Silas had. Paul and Silas were imprisoned, but they were prisoners, though, of God even more. You see, 
these slave owners. The, the little girl was just a, a she was just a, 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 she was just being used, if you will. She was just a, an, an, an emblem for their use so that she could be able to do their bidding. But Paul and Silas had a stronger and a higher and a greater power that was over them. You see, Paul and Silas may have been thrown into prison because of these slave owners who wasn't now making money because the spirit of divination was called out of this uh, little girl. Paul and Silas, though, were controlled by a greater spirit. They were prisoners of God. They were prisoners of the, in the spirit of God, and they were controlled by a greater power. There was no reason in accordance with their situation that Paul and Silas should have physically been thrown into prison, not just thrown into prison, but thrust into prison. The reality behind it is, is sometimes people would treat us worse than the situation that we are in, and we have to be able to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and count it all joy in times of trial that we find ourselves in because God sees the situation. God saw Paul and Silas's situation. He understood that she wasn't in her right mind. He understood that it was because of the slave owners that they found themselves within this particular situation. You see, much like this situation, we have to be able to look back over our lives and get down to the root of the problem. The root of the problem was not this girl. The root of the problem was the greedy slave owners that were impacted by the power of God, impacted by the power of God. Paul and Silas, because of their love for and obedience to God, were in jail, in prison, in the dungeon. But because they had the spirit of God, they did not act like their situation. I heard a preacher, heard a preacher once say, uh, don't look like your situation. Paul and Silas could have wallowed in their misery. Paul and Silas could have looked up to God and started asking God why and wondering why their situation uh, looked worse than it was because they're preaching the gospel. They're preaching and lifting up his name and they ended up in prison. They could have done what we often do because we forget that God's power is greater than the devil's power. The devil's power is limited. God's power is a great power, and it's a power that overcomes all things that seem like it has a power over our lives, a control, a control over our lives. We have to remind ourselves, get down to the root of our problem so that we can overcome our problem so that God can control us by his Holy Spirit which in Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 22 and 23 is love and, and, and joy and, and, and peace and, and, and patience and kindness and, and goodness and faithfulness and, and gentleness and, and self, self-control. Paul and Silas weren't just thrust into prison. They were 
battered and, and bruised and, and, and beaten, and they may have even had their egos tarnished a bit by the, the mockery they uh, were falsely accused of, but because they were prisoners of the Lord, they were spiritually under control of their mind and their heart and their lives because while they were physically thrown into the dungeon, the prison, the inner cell, they tapped into the spirit of God. When you find yourself in a situation in your life where you feel imprisoned, you feel like there's something controlling you, the devil is trying to convince you that things are as bad as they seem. Well, God has always been the one to tell you things are not always as bad as they seem which is why he inspired James to say, count it all joy when you uh, fall into diverse temptations and trials of many kinds. It's the reason why God allowed Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to have control over their mental capacities when they situations and were thrown into the fiery furnace or were thrown into the lion's den. It was the reason why God had control over the mind of Joseph. Oh, when Potiphar's wife came after him and he controlled himself, even though she was trying to get him to sleep. Oh, I'm just trying to tell you in the situation of your life, you got to tap into the spirit of God, child of God. You got to be able to do what Paul and Silas did in prison. They sang. Songs of Zion. They prayed prayers that helped them with the pressures of life, of which this was one of them. Paul would say in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 16, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you, empower you with the inner strength through his spirit. Paul and Silas had this inner, this inner spirit. They had this inner strength. We have to understand that God's spirit is in us. When, when, when God uh, came down to earth in the form of, of Jesus Christ, Jesus lived a life worthy of the calling. And he would, he would, listen, he walked this earth. Uh, there, no God was found in his mouth. No sin was found in his life. And he went back to the throne and said, I'm going to send my comforter, the Holy Spirit. If you find yourself imprisoned in your own life, controlled by whatever it is you are dealing with. I'm just here to tell you tonight that God has your best interests at heart. He just wants you to follow him. Sing his praises in your time of struggle. Pray uh, a, a prayer of, of, of help, of need of help in your time of the pressures of your life. Because I promise you, because Christ promised you, you will. Be, you, you will see better days in the midst of your, the controls that are controlling you that the devil is trying to get at you with in your life. I thought it was interesting that last night while I was looking over this lesson, something happened at my house. While I was 
going through this lesson and preparing to preach a word about being controlled and imprisoned in our own lives, at that same time, somebody was trying to break into my house, my physical house, the power of imprisonment. Nobody in my house was hurt. The, the individual didn't even get a chance to come into the house. Why? Because we have a dog that when he heard the rustling at the door that seemed uncommon, that seemed awkward, the dog started barking. My wife was upstairs on the computer doing some work. She don't always be in that space right above the door on the second floor, but she heard the rustling at the door. And it didn't, it, it didn't dawn on her that something was strangely wrong. But as the dog was barking, some, the, the dog has toys in his cage, and so sometimes he moves around and you can hear little noises here and there, but this was a little bit awkward, but the dog started barking, and the person more than likely fleed because of that. But in the morning, as my wife got ready to take the dog for a walk, they in, they in turn saw that the knob was broken off. I'm just saying that the devil tries to find a way to get at us, to demoralize us, to defeat us. But Jesus has always been victorious over the devil. And so can we because he did. Remember John chapter 16 and verse number 33. He says, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 18, he says, upon this rock I will build my church. But here's the part, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. You remember in Matthew chapter 4 when the devil was trying to get at Jesus when he went into the wilderness. You remember in that wilderness of temptation, you remember that he... He said, it is written. I'm, I'm here to tell you tonight, church, it is written. Friends, if you are not a member of the church, but you're on here tonight, it is written. He will empower you with inner strength. When you use the endowment of the Holy Spirit, some folk will turn on you because of their own selfish greed. They won't believe the power of God in you, much like these slave owners in the text. When you are endowed with the Holy Spirit, if they, uh, the Holy Spirit will drive sin out of the lives of other folk, free them from their imprisoned state of being much like this little slave girl. When you are endowed with the Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit will allow you to impact the world uh, in a way that God intended, saving folks, helping them to be free from themselves and even the devil's control over them and causing them to wash away their sins in baptism and call upon the name of the Lord like who? The Philippian jailer and his household. Listen, there were situations in this time, during this time of 
uh, Paul and Silas's life where the the listen the, the the Lord caused a great earthquake to come about. The prison doors opened, and the, the the prisoners could have run out, but because Paul and Silas were praying and singing their uh, songs of Zion, they was they stopped and listened. But when the Philippian jailer woke up, why was he sleeping? I don't know on the job. Amen, somebody. I don't understand. But when he did woke up and looked and saw that the prison doors were open, he raised a knife to kill himself. But Paul and Silas said, wait, no, hold up. We are all, we are all here tell you today that if you live in the spirit of God and you live a life worthy of the calling wherewith you are called, I promise you somebody is going to be free from the shackles of the sin in their life. Somebody who may have felt defeated is going to look at your life and is going to see that there is hope for themselves. The Philippian jailer after Paul and Silas said, wait, don't kill yourself. Don't worry. Nobody has escaped. We're all here. We're trying to help folk to escape the trap of the devil. We're trying to help folk understand that they don't have to spiritually kill themselves in a world that's confusing. The devil is just trying to convince them that all the stuff that they do is right when it's wrong. We're trying to free somebody. We're trying to help somebody. We're trying to pay forward what Jesus did for us. Amen, somebody. I want to I wanna conclude with one last group of people in this story that you may have related to before you started your salvation journey, or you may know someone who relates to this. And it is, in fact, it's these prisoners who were in the joint, if you will, in jail, right, in the joint, in prison, right? They could have run when the power of the earthquake broke open uh, the prison. Chaos could have erupted in the city of Macedonia with killers running all over the place if they would have uh, if they would have been in their right in their in their mindset of evil, but they didn't because they were listening to Paul and Silas. We have to realize that the expression of joy will touch somebody else. Paul Paul would say in Philippians chapter one and verse number twelve through fourteen. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Are you advancing the gospel through your situation? Are you in chains, spiritual chains for Christ? Paul would say in verse 14, and because of my chains, oh, that's, a, that's another sermon. That's another sermon for another day. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without, without fear. My friends, and co-laborers in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not always as bad as it seems. When we find ourselves in bad situations, it's all right. 
it's going to be all right. Have a, have a good time in the Lord because it's all right. Oh, it's all right. Trials are dark on every hand, and we cannot understand all the ways that God will lead us to that blessed promised land, and he's going to do it through the situations that feel like we are imprisoned in. You may feel physically imprisoned, but you must stay spiritually imprisoned. You you say to yourself, I don't want to be a slave of the devil, but I want to be a slave of the divine. I said, I don't want to be a slave of the devil, but I do want to be a slave of the divine. Preach and live the gospel like Paul and Silas did, whether people will believe you or not. There were some that believed Paul and Silas. There were some that did not believe Paul and Silas. There were some that just wanted to get rid of Paul and Silas altogether when they realized who they were in their cultural lives, and they said, get them out of here and get them out of our city. And if you read into the story, I'm not going to go into that right now, you would see that Paul and Silas said, nope, we ain't going nowhere. Somebody is going to have to pay for our false imprisonment. Ooh, don't miss your blessing. I said, Paul and Silas said, we're staying put right here. Ain't no danger right here. Because we got God with us. No matter what you go through, ain't no danger right here because we got God with us. Somebody is going to have to pay for our false imprisonment. Unless you're willing to change your life and ask for forgiveness of your sins, which they were not willing to do because they were going according to customs that were not of Christ. Paul and Silas preached and lived the gospel. They sang praises in the midst of their suffering. They prayed in the midst of harsh persecution. Remember, somebody is always watching, whether you know it or not. These other prisoners were watching and listening. The true power of imprisonment is the power that God displayed when he came in the form of the Son, freed you from your shackles of sin and gave you salvation in your life. And now you and I can walk with our head held high, with our life standing tall, and his name lifted up. I said, well, I can walk with my head held high. Can you? I can, I can live a life standing tall. Can you? I can lift his name up on high. Can you? May the Lord add a blessing to those of you who heard this word from the Lord. God is true. God is right. The Bible is right. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse number five says that every word of God is pure. So when God says that he will protect you, when God says that he will deliver you, when God says that he will provide for you, believe it, he will. Do you really love the Lord? Do you love what he has already done for you? Do you love the fact that he's going to continue to do for you? That love came from the cross, and the cross is the boss over our lives. Don't let 
your feeling of imprisonment have power over you. Let God's power imprison you for the better. May God bless you as I turn it back over into the hands of our host, Brother Stevie Butler, this evening. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. When God says no, and we want his answer to be yes, remember, don't forget, Father knows what's best. I remember, God, I know, know what's best, yeah, 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 my God, he knows what's best, late in the midnight hour, I was crying, and all alone, waiting for an answer, my hope's gone. I even called on my best friend, and she could not be found. Lord, you said you'll never leave me nor forsake me. Lord, where are you now? So I went to church the next Sunday morning, looking for my breakthrough. I knew a change would come if I just hold on, cause God's word is true. But then the preacher said something, and it took me by surprise. Sometimes God says no, but just like Job, you gotta trust him, my child. When God says no. When the preacher said it, and I didn't quite understand it. He said, don't forget, don't forget. just trust your father, because he knows what's best. When I lay awake in the middle of the night, with tears streaming from my eyes, I remember, Father knows, no matter what you're going Cause he knows, Father knows, and I started to feel a little better, cause he started talking about my Jesus, and the garden of Gethsemane, and how we prayed to the Father, let this cup pass from me, then he did just like me, y'all, said he went to his best friends. And his friends let him down. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where are you now? You see, sometimes God is moving and we don't understand. See, Jesus paid the cost when we were lost. And it was all a part of God's master plan. So when you're waiting for that answer And God says no to you Just go ahead 
the Father. And remember, no matter what it is or what it looks like, God he knows. Yes, he knows. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific needs. It's an exciting time for your congregation, and what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665. Or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com. This is a program reminder. Stevie B's Media Production presents. We're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio. The telephone number to the live show is 713-955-0508. And the website is www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash gospel light radio show on tuesday evening i'm hosting a live show what a word from the lord radio show this show will air on the second the third and the fourth tuesdays of the month and on the second tuesday of the month this show will air from 6 to 8 p.m eastern standard time 5 to 7 p.m central standard time we will have a guest speaker from the brotherhood of the churches of christ will be making their proclamation of the gospel of christ and also during that show, we'll have the Community Corner segment. That segment is designed for small business owners and entrepreneurs who have products and services for our community. Also have two co-hosts on that show, Lou Gilbert. He's the evangelist for the Oakwood Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And Isa Mullins, he serves with the Church of Christ in Cary, North Carolina. And then on the third Tuesday of the month, that show will air from 7 p.m., Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. My co-host is Dr. Antherica Lane. She's a board-certified obstetricianist and gynecologist. She serves with the Gray Road Church of Christ in Cincinnati, Ohio. She'll, she'll be hosting her show, Conversations with Dr. Lane. And then on the fourth Tuesday of the month, that show will air at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. My co-host is Kelly Fletcher, she served with the Livingstone Church of Christ in Indianapolis, Indiana, and she'll be hosting her show, The Kelly Fletcher Show. And then on Thursday evening, each week from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'll be hosting a live show, The Gospel Light Radio Show. And there are seven co-hosts on that show, Clay Phillips from the state of Georgia, Dr. Frank Washington from the state of Florida, Steve Cordo from the state of Illinois, Robert Lee Johnson from the state of Florida, Glenn McMillian from the state of Texas, Courtney Carruthers from the state of Illinois, and Brian Christian Coleman from the state of New Jersey. And on this show, my co-hosts will be making their proclamations of the gospel of Christ, and each week I have two co-hosts on the air with me. I'm also taking a question from my social media platform on Facebook called Shout It Out. And I'll be posing a question to one of my co-hosts on that live show. And then on Friday night, I'll be hosting a live show, Stevie B's Acapella Gospel Music Blast. 
And this radio show is the 2022 recipient for the NACAMA, the National Academy of Christian Acapella Music Artists Award for Outstanding Achievement in Record or Radio. And this show will air from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. And on this broadcast, I'm playing some of the world's greatest acapella gospel music artists, The Sweet Sounds of Voices. We're also interviewing artists, producers, comedians, etc. And we're also debuting new music and featuring old music on that broadcast as well. And every third Friday of the month, we have my top 20 countdown show. And we also have on-demand episodes. These are There are various musical platforms where you can hear these radio shows, wherever you're getting your favorite podcast from, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Apple, iTunes, YouTube, just to name a few. And we also have recorded version shows. These shows were mostly album debuts. So the same playlist that was used on the live show on Blog Talk Radio is being used on these recorded version shows. And these shows can only be heard on iHeartRadio on Deezer and also on Amazon Music. Just search for Stevie B recorded version shows. We also want to thank all of our sponsors who are sponsoring these radio shows. If you want to be a sponsor, just contact my sponsorship manager, Michelle Marco, from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And her telephone number is 954-687-4705. The three E's of Stevie B Media Production, it is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate, we want to edify, we want to encourage you in a study of God's Word. And that will conclude our program announcements. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. My co-host, Lou Gilbert, is up next. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show.
Listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, my co host, Lou Gilbert from the Oak Brook Park Church of Christ. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. The Bible still says that the redeemed of the Lord say so. You know, God has been good to us. God has blessed us. God has brought us from a mighty, mighty long way. And for that, we're grateful. We are ever so thankful, appreciative to the God of heaven for his grace and his mercy. We're thankful to our host of this great program, Brother Stevie Butler, he is certainly uh, God's man, and we're just grateful uh, for him, for his talents and his abilities when it comes to the preaching of the Word of God as well as this great program, very inspirational program with uh, great preachers of the gospel, great gospel music and the community events, and we, we thank him so very much from the bottom of our heart for allowing me to have just a small part every month or so in this great 
ministry, and I don't take it for granted, and I uh, prepare every uh, month for this particular Tuesday night, and we're thankful. We're thankful to the young man who spoke before me. I know him uh, personally and of his ministry in Charlotte, North Carolina, did a fine job, and we're just so thankful for his time and his effort in preaching the glorious gospel of Christ Jesus. I bring you greetings from the Overbrook Park Church of Christ. We meet in the Overbrook Park section of the great city of Philadelphia, 7630 Woodbine Avenue. If you are ever in the city of brotherly love, please come by and pay us a visit. You'll be so glad that you did. I want to go briefly to my lesson tonight. I won't be very long, but I want to uh, take a note or two from uh, the book of Galatians, uh, chapter number 6. Galatians chapter number 6, this great letter that uh, that globe-trotting apostle of sound doctrine, uh, the apostle Paul, writes to uh, the churches in Galatia, uh, encouraging them and uh, teaching them just really who they are uh, in Christ and what it means to be in Christ and what it means to uh, be one in in Christ. Uh, And so he concludes this letter in chapter number six as we have the chapters. And I'll read down unto verse 14. I'll be taking my uh, text tonight is verse 14, but I want to read down to that particular point. Verse number 11 says, See with what large letters I have written to you with my own hand, as many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law. But they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. Verse 14 says, But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. This evening, I just want to labor under the title, Glory in the Cross. Glory in the Cross. You know, sometimes I take a survey of my life. I believe we all should at times. The survey to discover what is really important to see where our energies are expended, to see where our true love is. Is that true love of self? Is it our pursuits? Is it our status in the world? You know, many in our world today live to boast and boast to live. 
it has become, my friends, a way of life. We boast of our educational pursuits, our financial endeavors, our physical and mental abilities. We boast of our wisdom and knowledge. Even as a nation, we boast. We boast of these United States of America being a superpower militarily. We brag of involvement in other countries and boast of being influential in every corner of the globe. Even in our homes, we sit back and boast of our flat screens, our fast cars, and fat bank accounts. We boast of our sons and daughters' athletic and academic achievement. Our house is always the biggest and most expensive and in the best neighborhoods. We boast of the gates in our communities. You know, they've done some uh, behavioral studies at Harvard University, and they found that about 40% of everyday speech is devoted to telling others what we feel or think. It feels so rewarding, they found, uh, to the brain that the subjects in the study couldn't help but sharing their thoughts. It's called self-disclosure even to the degree that people were willing to forego money in order to talk about themselves. There I say many are addicted to boasting, and it seems that some just can't help themselves. Stay with me now. However, the 18th century theologian and hymn writer Isaac Watts penned uh, these familiar words. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my riches gain, I count but loss, and pour content on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood." When I consider the cross of Christ, I myself cannot boast. I cannot find it in me to brag on my accomplishments. The cross, my friends, defeats and destroys even the smallest notion of self-pride or boastfulness on our part. Compared to that which was done on that cross, my life is minuscule. My life is small. My life is tiny. My life is lowercase. My life is unimpressive. When I consider the cross of Christ and then consider my life, I am forced to hang my head and repent of every sin of pride and self-righteousness or self-promotion, every self-absorbed thought every attempt at being more than God made me, every high thought and every lofty level I place myself must come crumbling down when I consider the cross because it's not about me, it's about Christ. And so the question on the floor tonight is very simple, and I won't be long. Why do I glory in the cross of Christ. 
Why do I glory in the cross of Christ? Well, first and foremost, I glory in the cross of Christ because as Paul alludes in the text, it has changed how I look at the world. Look at the text again, verse number 14. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me. In other words, it has changed the way I look at the world. You see, how you see something changes everything about you. Paul said, the world has been crucified to me. Remember now, it was Paul who wrote, to live is Christ and to die is gain. He wrote, I am crucified with him. He understood one thing. He understood that he was baptized into Christ's death. Romans chapter 6 talks all about that. Uh, His outlook on life has changed. All that he once was and all that he held in pride was now turned in on itself and meant nothing to him. All of his accomplishments have become rubbish to him, and now he considered himself blessed just to be a fool for Christ. Y'all didn't hear what I said. I said he was blessed to be just a fool for Christ, a leaky vessel for Jesus, the very dredges of the world, in order to preach the glorious gospel to the downtrodden, to the lowly, and to the oppressed. He was able to turn from the world with all of its boasting and suffer and be rejected like Christ. That's what the cross, that's what the cross, that's what the cross he glorified in represents. It represents the suffering and rejection that Christ endured. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, brothers and sisters, that's what the cross means to us tonight. It represents the suffering and rejection that Christ endured. Christ was cut off from the world and separated from God on that cross, but of course he was highly exalted upon completion. And to Paul, uh, any glory or boasting about anything but the suffering of Christ, Paul, any glory or boasting about anything but the rejection of Christ and the exaltation of Christ was simply just a waste of time. Y'all come on now. Uh, We boast about this and we boast about that. To Paul, those things were simply a waste of time if it was not wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in the cross of Christ. He didn't care about those external things, the things that we concern ourselves with. Well, preacher, what are you concerned yourself with? What are we concerned ourselves with? We like to be powerful. We like the power. We like uh, the posture. We want to posture ourselves against others. We like the prestige. We like the place. 
you know, but it was to Paul. It was not about the power, not about the posture, not about the prestige, not about the place. To this great apostle, it was about the prince of peace on the glory, on the cross of cruelty. Here, Paul again in Philippians chapter 3, he says, but what things were gained to me, I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. In other words, Paul had to realign his life, and really he had to learn how to count all over again. Y'all don't hear me now. I don't mean to offend somebody when I say you need to learn how to count. A lot of folks don't know how to count in this life. They count their, their education. They count their finances. They count their athletic uh, prowess uh, and, and their academic excellence. But Paul said none of those things mean anything to me. I had to learn how to count all over again. And if it's not about Jesus, if it's not about God, if it's not about what he did on that cross, I'm going to leave that alone. Y'all don't hear me now. All of that stuff, he says, is nothing, it's nothing, nothing but done. Now, y'all don't hear me now. To the world, Paul was crucified. Paul was dead, crucified, and the world held nothing to him. The world to Paul was dead. The world to Paul was crucified, and the world had nothing, held nothing for him. It held no knowledge for him to gain. It held no wisdom for him to desire. It held no achievement for him to aim. It held no fellowship for him to join, and no hope for him to share. The world no longer had any attraction to him at all. He wasn't against education or making money or against those in authority, but those things no longer meant things to him. He did not define himself by the money that he had, by the education that he held, held by, the, by his comrades and by folks whose name knew he knew or those who knew his name. He was no longer drawn to those things anymore. He couldn't be lured to it. The world may have called and beckoned him, but he was liberated. He was emancipated. He was free from the ties of the world and would not and did not answer the old enslaver called the devil and the world. Y'all don't hear me now. The devil no longer had any power over him. The old master no longer controlled him. The worldly system was dead to him. The cross of Jesus Christ represented his freedom. He couldn't go back. He wouldn't go back. He dared not go back. He was free to live for Christ and to die for Christ. The world no longer had any uh, hold on him. Now, of course, remember, the crucifixion was a horrible, was a terrible sight. It was inhuman. Just the sight of the cross could strike fear in the heart of any man. It was likened to the lynching tree, a sheer terror in the sight of those that 
looked at it so the world no longer had any beauty, no longer any lure to him. He said, to me, the world has been crucified. Not only that, changes the way I see the world. You see, it changed the way that I see the world. Uh, It changed the way that the world sees me. You see, Paul said, I am crucified to the world. Look at the text again. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Not only has it changed the way I see the world, but it has changed the way the world sees me. Fail the line now. Now, Paul said, I am crucified to the world. The world looks at me differently than it did before. The world looks at me differently now that I've made up my mind and I've made my escape from its grips by the cross of Christ Jesus. You see, the world, as long as the world looks at me through the lens of kindness, God gets no glory. As long as the world looks at me through the lens of well-speaking, God gets no glory. If the world loves me, God gets no glory. Only in Paul's mind. Only when I'm looked at with disdain and side-eye by the world does my work count for anything. If everybody loves me every day, I'm doing something wrong. Y'all don't hear me now. It means I'm not speaking the truth in love. It means that I'm not saying what thus saith the Lord. We have too many folk in this world who call themselves preaching the glorious gospel of Christ that agree with everything that uh, that is in 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 uh, the issues of the day. I can't agree with everything that I hear. I have to take some stand. You have to take some stand. Man of God, you have to take some stands. Y'all don't hear me now uh, tonight. So when the world loves me, I God gets no glory only when I'm looked at with disdain and again a side eye by the world does my work count for anything. The world once saw me as an accomplished, but now it sees me as an adversary. I think Paul told one group of folk, he said, have I become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. And sometimes in this ministry, Paul said, endure hardness. As a good soldier, there are times in this ministry, times in your life, even times as a, not only as a gospel preacher, but times as a Christian when folk will not agree with you because of the life you live, because of the words you speak, because of the friends you keep. Y'all don't hear me now. They, don't, they want you to run and rip uh, and holler and jump and shout uh, like 
they do. I ain't got nothing wrong and shouting. Just make sure it's for the Lord and you're doing the Lord's business. But you know, the world once saw me as an accomplishment, accomplice. Now it sees me as an adversary. It once saw me as an acquaintance, but now it sees me as a stranger. Yes, things change when you make a stand for Jesus, when all you look at is the cross of Christ and what it means even after the cross. Uh, The world once saw me as an ally. Now it sees me as an antagonist. It once saw me as a friend. Now it sees me as a foe. Listen uh, to James once again. He says, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Let me ask you a question this evening. Are you a friend of the world? If you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy with God. Oh, the child of God has a stand for something. The child of God has a stand on God's word. There's so many issues that are going on in this world uh, tonight that the child of God has the stand on and become a, uh, a friend of God and not an enemy of God. He said, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God, James 4 and number 4. And so he says, I once was alive in this world, but now to the world I'm just a dead man. So Paul became even a pariah. He became an exile and persona non grata because he dared to preach the truth and would not compromise. I said he would not compromise. Even at the end of his life, he dared to say, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith because they knew that one of these days that we're all going to receive that crown of righteousness and admit something to Paul didn't matter who liked him, didn't matter who shipwrecked him, didn't matter who beat him and all of the things that he went through to be on the Lord's side was all that mattered to the apostle Paul. And so he says, I was once alive to this world. Now to the world, I'm just a dead man. I became a pariah in exile, persona non grata, because I dared to preach the truth and would not compromise. And so to the world, Paul was crucified. Paul was cut off. No longer, well, uh-huh, no longer what he once was in their sight. And Paul was a marked man because of the cross of Christ. Let me tell you something. You become public enemy, number one, by the cross of Christ. Others were compromising the gospel, calling for the circumcision in the text, for the circumcision of the flesh in order to avoid persecution. They were clinging to this earthly life. They didn't want to be bothered. They didn't want to feel the wrath of the Judaizers. They would rather switch, y'all don't hear me now, than fight the good fight. They held on to their positions and rankings, all to prevent suffering and rejection. They wanted to be seen in a certain light, in a good light, 
by the world. Well, you know, uh, you may ask the question, why does any why does anyone find glory here? Where's the glory in this? Well, remember Paul's words. He says that I might know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable to his death. Philippians chapter number 3, uh-huh, and verse number 10, this brought him closer to Christ and his suffering so he could boast. If he was going to boast, it was not going to be on himself, but he was going to boast in the cross of Christ. What Christ did on the cross makes no difference what education you have, makes no difference where you live makes no difference what kind of car you drive. Now, I'm not saying anything about education. I've got plenty of education. I drive a decent car. I live in a nice place by the grace and glory of God, but I don't brag on those things. I brag, I boast in what Christ did on the cross for me, how Christ suffered on the cross for me, how Christ hung his head and died on the cross for me. What he did on that cross, I'm on glory and tell everybody about what Jesus did on the cross. It's not about me. It's all about him. He had to tell the story, not of himself, but of the cross of Jesus Christ. He now knew that glory, that true glory comes through suffering, comes through being cut off, comes through uh-huh, through being found worthy to be looked down upon by the world and to be locked up by the world. A preacher before me was talking about Paul and Silas uh-huh, in the prison, and they were counted worthy. They were rejoicing. They were singing praises to God. They had been beaten, but they were singing praises to God. They had been ridiculed, but they were preaching. They were singing praises to God. That's what God will do for you when you understand what it's all about. That's what God would do for you. Folk might think you're crazy, but you say, no, I'm just glorying. I'm just glorying. I'm just glorying in the cross. I've been cut off to the world. Y'all don't hear me now. So ask yourself the question, does the world love me? Am I charmed by the world's delight? Does the thought of pleasing the world or my friends come before pleasing God? So tonight, as my as I close, I can sing with new meaning. Today, on a hill far away, stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and blessed, best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Oh, that old rugged cross so despised by the world has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it on dark Calvary. In the old rugged cross, stained with blood so divine, such a wonderful beauty I see. For t'was on that old cross, Christ Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me. That's something to shout about to the old rugged cross. I will ever be true. It's shame and reproach gladly bear. Then he'll call me someday 
to my home far away, where his glory forever shall I will share. I'm trying to help somebody see tonight if you're going to boast, make sure it's in the it's in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's what Christ did on the cross. Again, the songwriter says, and I'm done. He says, again, when I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest game I count but loss and pour contempt on all my, all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. Oh, the old rugged cross tonight. If I'm going to glory, I'm going to glory in the cross of Christ because Christ died come down from the cross and they put him in the rock and they put him in the ground. They buried him. And then on the third day, he rose again. I'm on glory I'm on glory. God, give God some glory and boast in that. That's the gospel. Friends, you need to believe that gospel. You've heard it. Why not believe it? Repent of your sins. Decide I'm going to turn and go another way. I'm going to follow the way of Jesus. Jesus said, I tell you nay, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. You hear the word. You believe the word. You repent of your sins. You confess Christ to be the son of God like the eunuch did. He was, he, uh-huh, uh, he confessed that Jesus Christ was the son of God. And then you go down into the watery grave of baptism and you're baptized in water for the remission, for the removal, for the stripping away of your sins. Now the water is just wet. Amen. The water is just wet, but it's the command to get in the water that makes all of the difference because that's what Jesus said. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. My friends, if you need baptism, I encourage you to find a church of Christ in your city, wherever you are, and ask the preacher to sit down with you and study with you again. But you tell him that you've heard the gospel, you believe it, you repent of your sins, you confess Christ. If you're in the city of Philadelphia, come by again and see us at 7630 Woodbine Avenue in the city of brotherly love called Philadelphia. May God bless you. May God bless you real good. I turn it back over to the hands of our illustrious host, Brother Stevie Butler. God bless you. May he bless you real good. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Oh 
Listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening in the study of God's Word. That is our show. We had a great uh, show on this evening. I really do appreciate my speakers on the show this evening, Devon Charlie, and also my co-host Lou Gilbert. You cannot say the gospel has not been preached tonight because it has 
been preached. And to God be the glory. I really appreciate these brothers for participating in the program on this evening. What a blessing. What a blessing it has been. It is my prayer that these lessons that were given this evening have been beneficial to your spiritual lives. And your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuning in to this radio broadcast, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's word. So until we meet again, I pray God's continual blessings upon your lives and that he bless you real Real good. You've been listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. And on behalf of my co-hosts, Isa Mullins, Lou Gilbert, Dr. Antherica Lane, and Kelly Fletcher, we really do appreciate your love and support for these programs. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Will you forgive me? For I've done wrong. And will you accept me? As I kneel at your throne, dear Lord. And all of my brothers, he will always criticize and accuse. Yes, he will, but I know that my Jesus, Jesus will he will make me I'm ready at oh, my bidding, Lord. Lord, hear my prayer. Please use me. Cause you're going to set the chair. I see them cry. And they each have a stone. Dear Lord. But you knelt beside me, Jesus, and my fears are all gone. Praise God, cause you give me peace, surpassing the mind. And I know that in Jesus, sweet compassion, I'm
Listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.